0: Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tavre Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. Although you may have found us on any of your favorite listening apps, make sure you download the Himalaya app and follow us there to stay informed of when new episodes air. And we will be offering special episodes and goodies on the Himalaya app only. And it's free and it can be accessed from anywhere in the world. And it will allow you to curate your own favorite playlist. Now, let's start the show. This podcast is brought to you by bikeflights.com, a bicycle shipping service for cyclists. We all look forward to the time when we are able to resume welcoming fellow cyclists into our homes and shipping bikes for travel. In the meantime, BikeFlights.com can help you ship your spare bikes, trainers, wheels, and gear to friends or family members so they can commute and exercise too while they are physical distancing. So stay home and arrange a pickup directly from your house. Visit BikeFlights.com forward slash warm showers for more information. Thank you for listening to the Bike Life Podcast. I have Anne with us today to talk about the joy of hosting cyclists from all over the world as they cycle Sweden's West Coast. So, Anne, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me. This is exciting.
0: I was initially surprised to hear that you are you are not native to Sweden, and I can tell because you, you sound like me, <laughs> you sound like an American. <laughs> not,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. How did you end up in Sweden?
1: My boyfriend, who has done extensive traveling, uh, we met in Spain actually five and a half years ago. Um, he's from Sweden. So we were friends for a couple of years. Then I came to Sweden to visit him during Christmas five years ago. And during that trip, everything changed. So I uh, we became more than friends and I ended up moving here. So that's why I'm in Sweden.
0: <laughs> mm, that's amazing. So I love it. You, it's, it's a love story that took you to Sweden.
1: Right. And all, very unexpected as well. So I didn't expect this, but it happened.
0: <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And so you mentioned that you don't do a lot of touring, but you do a lot of hosting.
1: Right. Uh, I only signed up to Warm Showers because my boyfriend had used it. He was on it for about two years. He had just come back from a world touring, cycling, hiking trip. And uh, I was so interested in not necessarily cycling, like eventually one day cycling, but hosting people because i I've already on couch surfing for like 12 years now. So I thought, okay, another way to host travelers and a different type of traveler, you know, cyclists. I was really interested. So I signed up here in Sweden. So we often would both get requests from the same people, um, but sometimes I would get requests separately from him. And so I started hosting here in Sweden about five years ago.
0: Mm, That's amazing. Isn't it a wonderful experience meeting new people and bringing them into your home? Like, you know that you are heavily impacting their journey and their life through that experience.
1: Yes. And since I have done the couch surfing experience with locals, I I really wanted to give back. And because we live outside of a city, outside of Gothenburg, um, on Sweden's West Coast, There's not many couch surfing, backpacking people coming through. It's in the countryside. So it was like, wow, well, maybe we'll get lucky and have cyclists since they branch out a little bit. And uh, we happen to be along this really popular West Coast Sweden bike path. So we actually get quite a few um, requests anywhere from April up until October. So I was really excited. Otherwise, I really wouldn't have the opportunity to interact with cyclists and give back to the community.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for what you do, because we know that our community would not exist without hosts like you who make it possible for those that are touring to not just extend their tour and have longer distances, but to really create that interaction, like that community aspect is really special. So thank you for what you do. Mm, my pleasure. <laughs> so let's talk about where your where your guests have been from. I know you say that you have hosted people from all over the world. Let's Let's start with that.
1: Yes. Um, I would say the majority are from Europe and they, I would say mainland Europe, cause I'm up here in Scandinavia. And then they often cycle up from Germany, France, those are popular countries, but other ones as well. Um, Spain or people will fly from their home place or take a train and then start mm-hmm. in Copenhagen and, cross over into Sweden and go up to Oslo. That's like the popular, popular route. Um, But outside of Europe, we've had a couple from Argentina. That was really nice. We've had a Canadian couple, I think last year. Um, Outside of that, I can't think because it has been mostly Europe, but we have had some from the Americas, at least
0: that I can remember. Amazing. Do you, how, how long do the guests typically stay in your case?
1: It it definitely depends on weather. If weather is good, they stay one night and they're eager to get out and continue their cycling the next day. But there has been, uh, because we live about 20 minutes from the coast, the weather changes quickly. So people might come and then it ends up turning out to be raining the whole next day. So Often, maybe half the time or a little bit less people will stay a second night till the rain passes and then continue the second day, so it can be one to two nights no more than that
0: yeah, yeah, that makes sense and you know one of the things that we get a lot of comments for or uh, on in our forums is how much notice does should a, a cyclist give a host and I would love to hear that answer from you because you know, some people like to plan their trip. You know, they might know they're going in two months. These are the stops they're planning to do. Um, but a lot of times when they contact hosts, you know, three months in advance and say, okay, these are the nights I think I'll be in your area. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, get, they get a little resistance from pre-planning that far out. So, like, for, from your perspective, what is the ideal time frame for a cyclist to contact you?
1: Oh. Well, I'm definitely in my experience, totally open to both. But when, when you do have those super planners who contact me months in advance, it it might not be so realistic that it works out because it's so far ahead, but I'm totally fine with that. But I would say for realistically, like having a really good ch- chance that the date is going to work, I'm actually going to be available really a week or two ahead of time, um, I mean, maybe at the most a month, but a week or two, because really I know from week to week what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I would say a week or two really works well, but I'm also good with spontaneous. We've had people show up the day before, well, give notice the day before. uh, But I would say for really having a good shot, a week or two, because it's hard for people to keep track and then something can happen and they're not there to host and then they feel really bad or it can be create a little bit or you can give them a heads up months in advance and then just follow up with them because they're probably not going to remember.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That makes total sense. So what is, so what is a typical process when somebody contacts you? Like how many times do you communicate? Like what questions do you ask? Do you review their profile? Like what, what helps you decide that you're going to bring this guest into your home? Um,
1: that's a good question. Usually. I get an email uh, an inquiry and then I go to their profile and I just read really it's just their bio, what they're, what they say about themselves. It doesn't matter at all. If they're completely new to warm showers, if they've been on it for years, if they have references or not, I'm very open about, about it, not feeling comfortable anyway. So I just want to see a little bit about what they write to, because I'm very, writing to me shows a lot about the person, even if it's a short bit, I, it gives me a good or not good feeling. So far, it's only been a good feeling. So I see the little, so I would say no matter what, if you're new or not been on it for years, just have some nice little bit of, um, in your bio, what a little bit about you and what your trip is about. And then uh, from there, I think we, we might only communicate three or four times before they arrive. And then I always give them my, phone number so I get a couple texts when they're getting closer Mm -hmm. so it's Mm -hmm. it's not it's it's nice it's um it's not minimal but it's not too much contact and all the experiences have been really good and it's been a complete range of people from just on warm showers. sometimes I've been their first host so then I get really excited and I make it extra special (laughs)
0: yeah
1: um and then you've got some people who have just been on the road for years. We had a couple who had been traveling for 7 years uh wow. all around different parts of the world, taking breaks in France and then continuing and they ended up staying twice on their way up to the the north cap uh in Norway, all the way the end of Norway and then they came again on their way back down to France. So that was fun. Um having some really experienced cyclists who have, you know, done warm showers for years. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And and I'm sure those are relationships that you've built that will last a lifetime.
1: Yes. Um, and I hope to one day visit some of them. I really, I've been bad with keeping like a guest book other than seeing a reference on warm showers. And now I said, I have to keep a book just so I can have that to go to no matter what. Um, so that when we're traveling, You know, I always have a reference point. I love having one person in a country and saying, oh, I met those people. Let's go see them.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It it changes the way that we perceive the world. We make it a little smaller. Um, Someone on a previous podcast says that they shrink the world. When they participate in in warm showers, reciprocal hospitality, it's like makes the world much smaller because you realize people from other countries might speak different languages and have different cultures and different beliefs, but that they're still humans and you can create a connection with them that's very valuable.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, Definitely. So that's a big reason why I'll continue doing it I look forward to, of course, this year is completely different, but I have gotten two requests of people, you know, months in advance saying, oh, I hope I can be cycling in July just in case. Can I stay with you? But I was really excited to get at least two requests.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a different time. We find for, for those of you that are listening to this, it is... The end of June of 2020, and we don't know what cycling will be like the rest of this um, height of the season um, because we are, of course, in the middle of a global pandemic. But I will tell you that there are a lot of people still touring in places that it's safe. And, And, of course, we we as as you probably know from our facebook group and our forums we are not allowing people to post information or have um arguments about whether or not they should or should not be touring like of course follow the guidelines in your county your state your country wherever you live um and on top of that a host gets to choose and so right. this is always at your discretion and we found a lot of people have offered yards more tent tent options, um, you know, maybe less in home in certain parts of the world, less in home hosting. And yet we know that people are also still touring locally. And so they're still finding ways because here's the thing, like not cycling when you're, that is your way to connect to nature and be outside and reground yourself. Not doing that is not helping you. So finding ways to still be out on your bike and, you know, feeling the wind in your face is important.
1: Yes, yes, um, definitely. And I think. As long as both parties are responsible, uh, it will probably work out for both both sides. Uh So just be smart, really.
0: Yeah, and follow your guidelines. Like we're, yeah. we are definitely not, we are not going to tell anybody to tour or host if your country says you're locked down, yeah. <laughs> no foreigners. And uh, we've, trust me, we've had a few people post that, oh, I'm, I'm sneaking into this country. Who's going to like, let me stay with them. We're like, oh, no, 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 no. We cannot recommend that. Not only that, but we want everybody to be healthy because this is going to pass. And we, you know, we want to participate in building our community and letting our community still stay connected, but doing it in a way that's safe. Right, yeah. Very good advice. Now, let's take a moment to learn a little bit more about today's episode being brought to you by BikeFlights.com, a bicycle shipping service for cyclists. You'll enjoy fast delivery, great prices, and excellent service with every shipment. Select your shipment's delivery speed to suit your schedule and tap into their group buying power to get great rates. Throughout the shipping process, their support team made up of fellow cyclists, works directly with their carrier's exclusive global operational team so that your shipment will arrive on time. Join the more than 700,000 cyclists who have used bikeflights.com to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009 and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today to find out more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. So tell me about some of your, some of your experiences with guests. What are, what are some of the, yeah, I want to hear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I, I would have to say the two, well, one thing that stood out is, um, we live in a small home. We have, it's a open floor plan with a loft. So when guests come, they sleep on the sofa bed, which is open and we're sleeping up in the loft. Um, which is no problem, but we get up early. So it's always a bit of a like, oh no, we're coming down the stairs, which face the, like where they're sleeping and we're getting (laughs) ready for work. But anyway, it works fine. Sometimes they camp out in a tent, but we did have um, twice, I think one year after the other, we had two families come one German family, one Mm -hmm. British family, and they were with their two kids. So four people, two adults, two kids under the age of 10 And that was a really fun experience both times one of the times The family had a big tent so they stayed outside But they stayed two nights and it was during the weekday and they basically kind of took over the home They cooked dinner for me when I came home two nights in a row and the kids were really like fun And I just I actually really missed them when they left. It felt like such an emptiness (laughs) Um, cause I had this family living at my house, and I felt like I was their guest. It was so wonderful. Um, both of the families were really wonderful, and that stood out because I remember thinking, should we host a whole family that I mean, we have such a small house, maybe it's not very comfortable for them, but it worked out beautifully.
0: Mm, uh, I love that.
1: yeah, um, I think that stands out the most. and then then having a, a father and a son come was really nice. I think they were French. The son had just finished studies in Copenhagen and the dad met him and they were just cycling up the West coast of Sweden. So that was really nice to see some generational, again, generational, like the family, the four, um, the, them coming. You always have these really nice conversations, of course, with anyone, but it's fun to see not just couples or singles. So I've really enjoyed the families that have stayed with us. Um, Oh, one guy, he was from Germany. He had type one diabetes. And I was so, just so impressed and inspired to see, you know, he was doing a long cycle tour from Germany, I think up to Oslo or all through Norway. And he had, you know, one whole saddle bag was his um, insulin gear. And to wow. see, like, he didn't even question, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to go out and cycle. I got my stuff with me. And of course he's in countries where he can get what he needs, but that was just really nice example of. If you have something that someone else would say, oh, that might be an inconvenience. It's not at all. You can you can just pretty much do whatever you want. So that was a really little inspiring visit. Um, and then otherwise, yeah, just quite a few couples and a couple. Usually the individual males. Not I don't. Maybe there was one female, but I think it's when it's singles. It's only um, males. Interesting. Otherwise, you have couples. Yeah. So not. Yeah. I don't think. There, I think there was one girl once, but I wasn't home. My boyfriend hosted her. Otherwise, not so many single females. Even though I know they're out there, but I haven't had, a, I haven't experienced hosting them.
0: Well, it is definitely um, a smaller percentage of touring cyclists are single females. Although there are some different groups out there that are solo female cyclists that help promote and, you know, help, I want to say, dispel myths that women might have that stop them from touring. And so if anybody's interested, you know, you can message us anywhere and we can, you know, send you some information because it is important for women to feel safe, but also just to know that they have tools available to them to help mitigate that fear.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, I love it. Well, in terms of the person with diabetes, now that is amazing. And I like to say that if you can tour across the country with two kids, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you can pretty much overcome anything. I, I, My kids are grown now, and I can't imagine doing that when they were young. And I think it's so wonderful. Like, what a way to give a child an experience of their lifetime.
1: Yeah. And especially using warm showers because these kids, it was like so normal for them to be in my house and they were taking out their toys and they were so natural. Like I, I just loved how well adapted they were to this kind of vagabond, just living in random houses. It was so fun to see how laid back and also just like fun kids they were. So it actually it really inspired me. I don't know if I'll do it, but it, it did inspire me to travel with kids. Definitely.
0: On the the I mean, doesn't, doesn't that make you think we need to give more of that to our children in today's society? I mean, how many problems would we solve if we put more kids in a carrier pack and took them out in nature or let them, you know, ride, you know, tandem with us? Like, yes. we solve a lot of problems in the world with that.
1: And exactly. And it can be in your home country, in your home little re- mm-hmm. own little region. I mean, these people were cycling across borders you know, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, different languages, all this like stress (laughs) and different signs and trying to figure out what they say. But I mean, at least in your own country, and I'm sure there's plenty of hosts, especially if they have the room that would be open to families. And uh, Mm -hmm. so any, any people who are about to have kids, please like do now that I've seen it, you know, two families, one of the families cycled when their first kid was like six months old and then they cycled again and then again. So they did it frequently. I mean, it's really doable. So don't Don't uh, put away your bike gear
0: if you're going to have kids. (laughs) Yeah, good message. That's a really good message. So for those out there that are listening to this that have been um, a cyclist, but not necessarily a host yet, what sort of recommendations or advice would you give for somebody that's just starting out to host? Like maybe what to expect or what they could plan or what they could provide? Like from the simple side, maybe even to the more complicated, like how can we foster more hosting amongst cyclists?
1: First, I would say, don't be stressed that you have to be a hundred percent on and extremely engaged. I mean, there's been so many times I'm like, oh, I just I don't have the like energy to host, but I know these people could really use it, and then they get here, and it's just a switch. I mean, you immediately you want to talk to them. you so if, if, if you have in your mind, oh hosting I can, I'm, I'm stressed and I have long work days and at least with warm showers cyclists they they require such little some of them do really want to engage and be helpful and maybe they want to cook but others maybe they just want to tent in your backyard and take a shower and maybe use the kitchen so don't put any pressure on yourself as a host if you can just offer them a shower is like a vital key and then often a kitchen um that's really all they need and anything more is is a bonus and you naturally once you've done it once you're gonna probably really love it and then you're gonna naturally want to like maybe cook them dinner or or maybe they offer sometimes the request people will say oh we'd love to cook you dinner when we arrive is there anything special you'd like to eat we're gonna stop on the store on the on our way so it just every every interaction is really special and I've learned over time I don't need to put pressure on myself in the beginning Mm -hmm. I felt like I, I had to have everything prepared and and uh, it, it really happens naturally and organically, and you don't have to stress yourself out. And I've hosted so many times also on weekdays. Um, I know some people aren't comfortable leaving guests in the home if they're not there. But if you're comfortable with it, I've, I've never had a problem. I've gone to work in the morning, and then they lock the house, leave the key where I tell them, and uh, and it's not been a problem at all. But if you're not comfortable with that, of course, do it when you're free on the weekends or or when you know you're comfortable with
0: the time. And how about accommodations? I know that you mentioned that you have a, a pull-out um, sofa that's, is, is in your public space of your home. Yeah. Um, people don't seem to mind because when you're touring, you really just need to sleep. And so they yeah. don't seem to mind aware. And a comfortable bed is a bonus in a lot mm-hmm. of cases. Um, mm-hmm. So how about, how about that for space? How can people be creative if they feel like they don't have room?
1: Uh, really a couch is good, but now since there is often couples, um, it's nice if you did have a pull-out couch or if you just had a little air mattress. So for people Mm -hmm. who maybe who do have a smaller place, I would say, and you want to start hosting buy an air mattress. I bought one for my sister who lives in New York city and it was a big double queen air mattress, I think for $50. So if you, if you know, you like hosting and you have a small space an air mattress, um, or even if you just wanted to buy a simple Ikea foam mattress and you you stored it in somewhere under your bed, I mean, people will be more than happy. They don't have to have and they don't expect a, a guest room where um, they have their uh-huh. own private space and this really nice bed. So they're travelers. Anything from their you know, tent is, is a bonus. Mm
0: uh-huh. hmm. Yeah, agreed. Well, thank you for that. Because I know that that definitely stops a few people from hosting, especially um, those that are kind of new. They're not always sure what to expect. They don't know how to Um, make their space available. And I really like that you said you don't have to be on because lots of us live and work busy lives. And so the thought of having to entertain, right, that feels like pressure. So that's really important that you said that. And remember that most people that are coming to stay with you have been on the road for a little while and they're tired.
1: Yeah, exactly. They don't even want to like talk for hours. You can see it in their faces. They're so drained.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 You're just, I mean, I like to think of it like a pit stop, right? Like, you Need, exactly. You need a little food, you need a little mm-hmm. water, and you definitely need a shower, and you need some sleep, and then mm-hmm. on your way you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, I it's love really. that. Exactly.
0: I love that. Now, let's talk about the um, the ratings and feedback system. I know that there's a couple of – we've had lots of suggestions and you know We are definitely working to upgrade our site as much as possible. And you, you brought up text messaging earlier. We would love to have that service available as our technology improves because I don't know if you know this, but we are in the process of rolling out and building brand new apps. So we're going to oh. have new in-house apps, and they're going to be amazing. They're, oh, it's in the works. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's in the works. So our last big bike uh, fundraiser, we actually – um, and again, everybody, this is the end of June, 2020. So if you're listening to this at a different month, you have to refer back, but we just drew a winner, um, for the bike giveaway and I haven't really seen it, so I can't tell you, but it's not you. If you, if you entered, oh, sorry, no, <laughs> I did not, not enter you. this time. Okay. I entered some other time. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, we you know we do these bigger fundraising activities, so we have the resources to do things like apps. We know that people want access to the apps, um, so we're pretty excited about that. But technology down the road, we would love to ha- have a built-in reservation system, which would allow us to have better tracking numbers and allow you to maybe do like a starred rating system as opposed to just giving feedback. And for those of you listening, we know. We already know you want this. We know. We know. We know. We know. <laughs> I don't want to open it up to say, oh, we need this. We know. We and we will we are working on that, but what we have right now is a feedback system. So I would love to hear how often you have provided cyclists feedback and how often they've provided you feedback. I would. We're just say, laughing because sorry, we just have to say we're laughing because my my puppy is doing his little walkabout while we're talking. So he might he might bark occasionally.
1: Okay, that's alright. I kicked the cat out so that uh, you wouldn't get any cat drawn out meows. Yes. The house. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. All right. What was the feedback? Question? How is feed- <laughs> feedback? Yeah. Uh, I honestly almost, I don't ignore it. Well, okay. I, I usually give feedback. I would say 75%, 80% or more of the time I give feedback to who I host. And then as far as the cyclists giving me f- feedbacks, um, it's pretty equal. I think there, there might've been just a couple times where I didn't get feedback and I'm sure it's just people are on the road. I it's fine. They, they don't always have access to internet, let alone like start writing references. Um, mm. so I don't get, I I'm more likely to give my, my, um, guests feedback. Cause I'm just at home. It's easy for me to write a reference, but I might not as often get feedback from the cyclist and that's okay. But definitely if you are cycling and you can just leave a quick reference just to show my credibility, you know, it doesn't have to be long and written out, but it can show, okay, she's hosted plenty of people. I, I feel safe there. So that would, that helps me in that mm-hmm. way. But, but it's the exception. I usually get feedback. Um, and then in general, feedback is definitely useful, I think in security, but in terms of me deciding if I host someone or not, it's, it's again, it's really what they write in their bio because so many people are newer and they might not have any references. So definitely write yeah. something good in your, in your bio, but references uh, definitely can be useful for credibility and, and safety.
0: Yeah. And we do want to make it easier for people, which is part of what the apps are going to do is they're going to allow you to like on the spot leave feedback. Cause we, a lot of people actually, right. A lot of people find feedback really important. We've heard from some hosts that if there's, if the cyclists have no feedback and they know they've been touring for a long time, it makes them question Aww. if something come up. And it, and it might just be that somebody didn't give feedback, which is why some type of rating system that's um, like a, like pushed out or a little bit more mandatory will be helpful because we just know that everybody's busy and sometimes they forget. And yeah. It's. You know, we often remind people in our newsletters the importance of it, but yet we also understand that, you know, if it's difficult to get in and, and you're tired, so we're, we're doing our best. So our invitation to you, Anne, and to everybody listening is try your best even to remind your riders, um, your cyclists that come through. The riders, that was like a weird word that came out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Remind your cyclists that feedback matters for, for you and for them, like have the discussion. And, and it's only because it also provides some basis for other people to know that they've been touring safely. Right. That's really, really good input. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Anne, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being willing to come and talk about this from the host perspective and share your tidbits, your knowledge, your stories. Again, we love what you do. Thank you. you. Keep us going
1: you're welcome this was so fun and i look forward to uh hosting cyclists for years to come so keep on riding hopefully i'll join you all one day we'll see
0: (laughs) yes and so if you're touring up the western coast of sweden um you might see Anne's name pop up and she will be happy to have a conversation about staying with her yes i look forward to it thank you thanks everybody we'll be back This bike life podcast was brought to you by BikeFlights.com, a bicycle shipping service for cyclists. We all look forward to the time when we're able to resume welcoming fellow cyclists into our homes and shipping bikes for travel. In the meantime, while we're all staying home, why not do some decluttering and sell your extra bikes, trainers, wheels, and gear online? Then use BikeFlights.com to ship them to their new owners. So stay safe and arrange for pickup directly from your house. Find out more by visiting bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers for more information. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app and follow us or wherever you are listening. Please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warm showers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast@warmshowers.org. at warm